If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today at Horse Chats, we've got a guest back who's been on several times before, and that's Julianne Humphreys. Now, if you know about Julianne, you know that she's born for love of horses and the desire to ride. And she's a three-day eventer and from a very young age had the mindset of riding correctly and competing and eventing. Julianne's been on a few times before. She's come on. She's talked about the 10 hot tips for becoming a better horse person, which is something that Julianne really wants everyone to do. And she's also talked about lunging and she's got a bit of a passion for solutions for the racing industry as well. So if you want to go back and listen to some previous chats that Julianne's done, just go on to horsechats.com, search for Julianne or search for Humphreys and you'll find a previous chat. Now, Julianne's got a guest today. So we've got a guest that's got a guest and that is Sharon White. So Sharon herself has come on as Julianne's guest and she's an accredited exercise physiologist and her background's in dance and movement and based therapy and a special improvement of improving coordination and musculoskeletal patterning. She studied a variety of different styles of exercise prescription in the management of movement and injuries and works mostly with musculoskeletal and sporting injury rehabilitation. Now, I don't know Shannon, but based on Julianne's recommendation, we absolutely have to chat to her. And just to guide us through all the horse chat, because um, Julianne's an expert at that, we've got Julianne on as well. So Julianne and Shannon, before I get started, I just want to remind people about the vision for International Horse College, which is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses, and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people. So if you're interested in that, then have a look at the website, International Horse College. Dot com registered training organization 31352. Now, sorry for that interruption, Julianne and Shannon. How are you both? Oh, good, thanks, Glenys. Yeah, it's always good to chat with you. And I could not try to relay what Shannon is about to tell us and share with us. And uh, yeah, I felt like it'd be great if she could join us. Thank you. Oh, you were pretty excited to have her on. So yeah, welcome both of you. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) So Shannon, today we're talking about mental to physical engagement. Is that right? That's correct, yes. Well, my first question is, what does that mean? mental to physical engagement. Give us a, you know, in your own words and um, Julianne can maybe transfer it into equine words as well. Cool. So what we've been really talking about, what we've been looking at is how do we improve the coordination between what we're asking the body to do and how we're actually expressing that in movement. So from my side of things, that's coming out. How can we connect the, the training and the application to improve the muscle strength and coordination of our movement so that when we're asking these riders to do something whilst on a horse, that they're actually able to express that control without then having a secondary movement or something that's compensating when they're being asked to move an upper limb or a lower limb 
and not just moving their entire body. So we're looking at how can we improve that coordination between the, the neural system and the musculoskeletal system. Well, I know that's going to be absolutely perfect if we've got beginner riders, you know, because that's they're using a lot of muscles and sitting on a horse and that's just muscles that they've never used before. But how does this go with more experienced riders? You know, what sort of difficulty have you identified going from that mental to physical engagement? I think if I could add value to this, Glennis. Please. As a, um, a coach and a rider, I think there'd be many people listening to this that could identify, be totally familiar with watching someone try to ride their horse and they are kicking their horse and the coach is saying, stop kicking the horse. And the rider says, but I'm not kicking the horse. (laughs) And that's, because your leg is actually coming away from the horse and then hitting it in the sides. And that is the definition of kicking the horse. But the rider's not actually meaning to do this. It's totally involuntary. And they find it extremely difficult to not do it. And another good example that I think lots of people would have seen is when riders are trying to ride their horse on the bit. So they want to use their inside leg to their outside rein. And so, in effect, their inside leg has to be very effective. Their outside rein has to be very consistent. And their inside rein must be very gentle, but giving little direction. Now, what I do find, I see often is riders riding around and they're pulling on the horse's inside mouth, but they don't actually realise they're doing this or they literally cannot stop doing it. Like it's, it's involuntary. It's when you say to them, use your inside leg, their inside arm will pull and get really strong <laughs> and actually pull the horse in the mouth, um, which is very unpleasant for the horse and it doesn't actually achieve on the bit. It doesn't achieve balance and rhythm and elasticity and suppleness like we're trying to do all the time with our horses. And I've spoken to riders all the way up into Grand Prix level, riders that are coaches, and they're all very familiar with exactly these scenarios and they could mention many more. So I guess coming to what you were talking about with more experienced riders is that comes back to a little bit more of that neural system engagement. So postural stabilization is, is it's a functional unit that's activated prior to any activity under any kind of static load. So as soon as we try and engage in a movement, we're activating that postural control system and then we're adding that movement of targeted upper limb and lower limb control. So when we have musculoskeletal imbalances that are present and sort of pathological patterns that are reinforced during any kind of learning process, we're, we're using that postural stabilization system in an insufficient manner. So things like the repetitive nature of sports or life, we start to develop movement patterns based on where our strengths and weaknesses are. And that then translates into movement on the horse. And then from my understanding is then translating to the horse. So, for a more experienced rider, what we're looking at is that we're targeting certain areas of the brain that are in charge of awareness and sensory perception analysis and connection so that 
we're training that conscious perception of where their body is to repeat these precise movements to then have a better stabilization and then movement around the stroke. You've really identified the difficulty and why it's a problem. But you said something just a little while ago, Shannon, about learning. And I'm just wondering, why do people actually struggle with this mental to physical engagement? Is it like genetic or learned or trauma? You know, why do people actually struggle with it? It seems, theoretically, it seems like, well, why is this such a problem? But I mean, you know that people struggle with it. So what actually brings it on that it's worse or, you know? I think there's a few different things that we can identify that when we're talking about uh, a skill set that is highly diverse and is, is ever-evolving, the, the set of circumstances it responds to when you're writing is incredibly obtuse. There's so many different elements that you are responding to. So it's not just the act of writing, it's the other elements as well. So we've got a few different things that we're looking at both skill of the writer, age of the writer, where that sort of skill set exists because there's lots of different types of intelligence. Some people have more body awareness, some people have less. Um, so that, that mental physical engagement, sometimes people are naturally better at it. Sometimes people learn by looking, sometimes people learn by listening, and sometimes people learn by doing. So there's no one specific answer as to, to why this is a problem. It's more that there are so many other factors that are contributing to this one element and we're looking at how can we just adjust this specific element and then can that translate to being on a horse. Okay, so if we're looking at improving it, right, we've sort of worked out what the problem is, how the horse is affected, you know, how people do struggle. If we're going to improve it, how can we improve it, and preferably to a degree that it's just perfect? And is there a chance of, you know, making it perfect and making it permanent? Just tell us a little bit about that. I think that um, perfect is probably difficult because it might be difficult to, to quantify that. But what we're already seeing is that by training proper perception of positional movement in individual joints, as well as the activity of the muscles around that is leading to a better understanding of their function and their connections. So what that means is that we're focusing on introducing movement patterns where we are in a stable position and then trying to maintain focus across the different joints and then moving another limb. So being able to take the awareness internally and then focus on trying to move those individual joints without adjusting any other position and maintaining contact and control, which, like Julianne said before, is one of these common concepts that seems to be present in riders, no matter what their skill set or level, is that when they're on the horse, you ask them to adjust one position, and then they have a subsequent position to try and maintain their equilibrium. But naturally, when people are in movement, what happens is we're trying to maintain our original position. We try and maintain that equilibrium and that status quo. So what we see in in general movement is that we are trying to stay upright and we are trying to stay central. So when riders are correcting something, it seems to be that they are overcorrecting to maintain their central equilibrium 
which is not necessarily what we're after when they're actually writing. So when we're trying to improve this through being a land, it's looking at improving their awareness and their connection and their understanding of where they are in space. And that is going to be maintainable. It's going to be improvable and it's going to be almost without a ceiling effect on how much can be drained. Okay, now I'm presuming, and tell me if I'm wrong, so if we're teaching riding, we can say, well, we've got a system for teaching riding, but, you know, whereas you might start people off a beginner or even training a horse at a certain level and you, you go through the steps and go through the system, but you still need to train, tailor the riding for the individual. Is it the same here or that you've got an overall system tailored to the individual or is it different? we've been running what we've been calling a pilot program where we're utilizing one particular style of movement um, that is based around um, certain stages of how the neural system develops over time. So what we're doing is we're implementing a base strategy across the group and teaching that awareness and teaching that movement strategy from a base level. So that at the moment, we're just isolating one area of development to see how this translates to writing. Eventually, this might change as we progress and as we figure out what works. But at the moment, we're, we're trying to keep it with a certain style of exercise that's focusing on stabilization and then joint movement around that um, so that we can. Because like you said, you know, when you normally teach a skill, you need to break it down to a base level first. There's always a starting point. And then you layer on top of that as the skills of that person develops. So it's not necessarily individualized, but um, each individual person will have their own capacity to improve based on the cues that are given. Okay. Okay. And what about with the pilot program? What have the results been so far? I guess that's my department. I'm quite impressed and I'm quite elated because... This is something that for quite a while I've been sort of watching and thinking and, you know, doing a little bit of research and trying to figure out, like, I could see that the problem is right across the board and I could, and I was thinking, surely there's, there's you know, someone that's, that's in this field, uh, you know, sports physio, or, you know, someone that can actually fix this, you know, and, and like fast track a rider's training and help improve a rider's training, um, you know, surely it could work. Well, I've actually been really excited about the results thus far because uh, we've got one lady, she's uh, an adult learner and she has done three sessions, Shannon? Yes. She's done three sessions, uh, what are they, 45 minutes? Mm Mm-hmm. 45 minutes a session, once a week, and I have seen remarkable improvements. She was one of the people that, um, if I asked her to use her right leg, her right arm would be incredibly strong to the point where the horse could not even follow the long side of the arena. Um, And now she actually rides around the arena on the bit, like it's, it's balanced, it's rhythmical. The horse, you could see the sigh of relief on the horse's face. Um, it just looks 
so much kinder and it just looks so much more professional. It, it just, it's a huge difference. Um, now, we've got another couple of riders I can think of in that pilot program. One lady, incredibly intelligent lady, again, an adult learner, and she had probably probably the least amount of mental to physical engagement I've maybe ever seen before with a rider. She just really, really didn't know where her balance was. She had no coordination. She... Um, was really like just sitting a doll on the top of the horse and hope that it would stay there. Now she actually rides walk, trot, canter and she she can move with the horse and she's got a lot of balance now. And another one, uh, and how many did she have se- uh, sessions did she have? Uh, two, two sessions. Two sessions, 45 wow. minutes. But, and you know what? Both riders come to me and they go, Oh my God, I just had a session with Shannon and I'm so sore. Um, now, I went and watched a class and um, <laughs> it, it'd have to be the stillest, quietest class you've ever seen in, in a gym or in a, in a physio clinic. And so it looks like not a lot's being done. Like they're, they're just so still and so quiet. And, um, it just looks like they're all laying on their mats in strange positions. And um, and you hear Shannon giving her cues to do different things and just making her corrections. But yet, they, both of these ladies that I mentioned as pilot program ladies, they're both incredibly fit people. They're not, it's not like they've been couch potatoes for the last 10 years. They're very fit ladies. And um, they actually come to me you know, one and two days after seeing Shannon and they go, um, I'm so sore. I can't believe how, like where I've found muscles that I never, ever thought that I had, you know, I'll never, I'd never engaged those muscles in my life. And, um, so yeah, the results are quite astounding. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. Just from two or three sessions, you know, that you as the instructor, so they, you've asked Shannon to step in to help the riding, so Shannon is a non-horse person, and as you say, the still quiet place in the gym, and two or three sessions, and then you come come up and you can um, see the improvement, see the improvement in the riding, and and the horses are happier. So I think that's that itself. You know, I think that's. Um, I know it's only limited as far as your research so far in your pilot program, but certainly positive. So what goes on now? What's the future? Have you got, you know, other venues or online training or how do you get this to a broader group of people? Because I'm sure that there's instructors, or I know all over Australia, but all over the world who are saying, how can we just get our beginners to progress and how, you know, that little bit easier? So what's what's the future? Uh, I think this is actually something that we were discussing before. So Part of what we're trying to do is find a way that we've got a strategy that riders can improve the the way that they're understanding their positioning and movement and so we're sort of getting that stabilising function of the bodies and then prioritising that understanding of positioning and movement when they're executing their exercises. Part of that comes from being able to move well and being able to move with control. So the first thing I think in, in progressing it outwards is going to be to establish a program or you know it's something that people can access 
that they are able to do at home every couple of days or as much as they possibly can that will complement what we're doing. And the second thing I would really like to be doing is to be having that as a as a course for the moment, a second program where we really try and push this movement with more riders um, and then progress from there. Yes, definitely. I think, you know, I mean, pushing it out to more riders, it sort of snowballs from there. You know, you push it out to more riders, if they've got great results then more people hear about it and more people want to come on board. Not Actually, not the beginner riders. It's not them that wants to come on board because it's the instructors who will tell them about it. The instructors will know how much better the riders will get from this sort of work. Yeah. I, I think congratulations, both of you. I think, you know, Julianne rang me up and was very excited. I didn't know anything about it, but it certainly sounds like um certainly sounds like a good idea and something that we can take forward into the 21st century because that's what we do now you know we experiment we we play around and we learn more about horses and riding and learn more about ourselves at the same time and you know if you think about the overall the overall view you know we talked earlier about the vision for international horse college where people appreciate respect and enjoy their horses and the horses appreciate respect and enjoy their people you said yourself, Julianne, you know, that the horse was so relieved and the horse was so happy and I think that's um, that's very important. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. 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 You can see the difference, yeah, you can see it in the horse. <laughs> I think that was one of the things that when Julianne first came to me with this idea, um, I had a bit of a thought process as to what we'd utilise, but I, I did quite a lot of um, reading and research into what has been trialled and and what has been studied in equine therapy and, and, and training before. And one of the biggest things was what translates from the rider to the horse. Yeah. Um, and that's been quite a focus point of how do we calm that nervous system down in, in the human and, and then what that's going to translate to in the horse. So I obviously don't have the, the riding background, but... Um, nervous tension is nervous tension, whether that translates from human to horse or back the other way. So um, I think moving forward that that's something from like what you said at the start is um, it is how, how can we improve that connection and, and improve that understanding of movement so that it's a, it's a better and more beautiful expression of movement between rider and human. Yep, yep, absolutely. Now, Shannon, how do people get in touch with you? We know about Julianne. Do we contact you through Julianne or contact you? Actually, Julianne, do you want to just go over your contact details again and then we'll talk to Shannon? Yeah, sure. So phone is uh, 0414-859-578. Email um, ja at equestrianlessons.com.au. so, yeah, uh, as you know, I'm normally writing or teaching, so even if it's a phone option, it would be a, a text is best. But, um, yeah, nevertheless, any yeah, either of those, very easy to get hold of me. Um, my website's the same, equestrianlessons.com.au. So um, there's a contact page on that as well. Okay. Thanks, Glennis. And uh, also, too, you know, Julianne is, has done quite a few chats for us before. Just go to horsechats.com. You can search for Julianne and you should be able to find some of those. You'll search, search for it anyway or just search for Humphreys. Shannon, do you want to talk about your contact details there? Uh, yeah, so um, the easiest way to get a hold of me is definitely via phone. So um, my number is 0401 343 315. 
Um, and my email address is drift exercise physiology at outlook.com. Um, I do have an Instagram. It's not very usable, but uh, it'll be there if you want to contact me via that. But phone's definitely the best method. Perfect. Perfect. And the other thing is too, Shannon, we'll put your details on the page. So if people just want to go to horsechats.com, search for Shannon or search for White, which is Shannon's last name, I think uh, either way, we'll have those details there. So thank you very much, both of you. And um, we will talk to you soon. And, and I'd love to just stay updated with your results as well. Yeah, we're really excited about this. So yeah, it'll be great to see um, what happens moving forward um, yeah really looking forward to some more results thanks Glennis okay thank you to both of you thanks for the chat bye now if you've enjoyed this chat then please comment rate and subscribe if you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests then please contact us through horsechats.com and while you're online have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.